Hello friends, welcome back to another episode of Jonah and the Pod. Today we have a extremely special guest. <laughs> extremely <laughs> special? <laughs> extremely special guest um, because he's been mentioned multiple times in the podcast. So we've been trying to do this for, <laughs> for how long? Yeah, it's been um, a minute. I probably have around like one or two weeks a year I get to spend with him. But even those two weeks, they're extremely meaningful so i'm hoping that these couple of hours or an hour and a half that you get with him that you will enjoy um so everyone please put your hands together for darian hello darian hello hi <laughs> i think you should pay you should probably like say pit your fins together i don't know i was thinking about that well pit your fins together because jonah in the pod but oh. I, it is what it is i'm just i'm just being you know being goofy <laughs> are you calling are you calling my viewers whales um if you're part of the pod i mean yeah how cool is it to be like one of the largest creatures on earth if you are a whale you know what's funny about that it's like the title is insinuating that the guest is a whale because it's jonah yeah, and the pod. So yeah. all the guests are whales, apparently. I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> mind being a whale, actually. If I had to be any animal, it would probably be like an orchid, like a killer whale, because oh, oh, they're super smart and they're top of the food chain. That's too. You know, I want to be smart and true. not getting eaten by other things. So shoot. <clears throat> well, <laughs> such a random thing. <laughs> such a random uh, <laughs> segue. But um, I guess if you don't know. Darren has been a mate of mine since 2020. He was my roommate in 2020, uh, the good old COVID year. <laughs> he was my roommate. We have built a, a strong friendship and um, he's one of the first true brothers I've had that has like really, I guess I'd call him my, my Barnabas, Barnabas to my Paul, my Silas to my Paul, however you want to say. Um <laughs> And I think he's the first um, of many. Uh, praise God for that. Um, but yeah, let's let's. I guess if you want to talk about who you are and, and what you do, and just a little bit before we get into your testimony and everything else. Yeah, um, like Jonah said, my name's Darian, and yeah, I'm a, a missionary intern with Word of Life currently, right now, and I've been in. I've been with Word of Life um, as like a missionary intern cross-cultural intern for three years now. So 2020 was the first year that I came to Australia and was roommates with Jonah. Uh, I currently am a student um, studying a bachelor's in biblical counseling. And yeah, I think that's, yeah, pretty pretty much it. Um, yeah. Mm. So yeah. something something that, like one of the first things there, like I remember from meeting Darian, one of the first things he, he said was, um, it was, if, if you put me in front of a tree, I'll make a conversation with something like that. <laughs> I can, yeah, I can, I can make friends with trees. That's <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, I can be a friend with a tree. That's so. Hopefully, uh, he does a lot of the talking, and I won't have to talk too much. Oh, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, now, hopefully, uh, you can sort of see the person that I know and love. Um, hopefully, it translates well on on podcast <laughs> settings. Um, but yeah, I think we can just go get straight in. Uh, so we are going to speak about your testimony. Yeah. And then I'm sure we'll have another episode, whatever we're talking about, life and whatever else. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it, everything kind of goes in. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But this episode, we will focus on testimony, probably talk about other things. So if you want to start us off, please, yeah. Yeah, you can go as detailed as you want, mm -hmm. go as shallow as you want, talk 
from yesterday or when you were born, mm-hmm. whatever you prefer. Yeah. It's so funny because I've been in situations, there's a point in time in my life where I had to be able to tell my testimony within under like two, two, three minutes at the longest. Um, I've done that so much that it's weird <laughs> when I actually fully share my testimony because I normally don't have the allotted time to say it or if I'm having a conversation with somebody, I kind of don't want to talk the ear off. So it is weird. But yeah, so I grew up um, in a Christian household. Um, I would say that it was a Christian household. My mom is a Christian. Uh, my grandmother and my great-grandmother, um, she is still around. They're, they're both um, strong women in the faith. Um, and it's a beautiful thing to see. Um, but I grew up in a broken home. Uh, my dad wasn't around. Um, and it was just me and my older brother and my mom. And yeah, it's it's kind of... Um, I'm not going to say confusing, but weird. You're kind of off balance because your mom is the one who's doing everything. And my mom is an amazing mother. I love her to death. And she is, oh my goodness, such a wonderful example of um, humility, sacrifice. Um, Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen my mom prefer her own way over mine or my brother's. Mm -hmm. It's never been, I want to do this. So we're going to do this. It's always been, okay, what do you want to do? It's simple. Something as simple as when I was a kid, my mom would get like a dessert or something, let's say like a dessert, like a, like an ice cream cone. And I would ask my mom, Hey, can I have that ice cream cone? And cause I know it's hers. And she's like, yeah, no worries. And it, for me, that used to blow my mind because me as like someone asked me for something that's mine. I'm like, nah, it's all good. It's okay. I think I'm going to keep that. But she was, every time I would ask her for something that was hers, she would always give it, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't ask often, but when I did, I just, that, that's something that always stuck with me. So I grew up in a household where, yeah, that was the, 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 uh, the environment, um, which led me trying to figure out, trying to figure out how to be a man um, was very, um, difficult. I didn't have a lot of reference points to go from. Um, my brother got involved with the wrong crowd at a very young age. And since I, my dad wasn't around, my grandfather kind of took over the role as a dad in my life, um, really spoke wisdom and encouragement in my life. Uh, when I was when I was younger, he passed away when I was uh, in fourth grade. And that was really hard for me. It was like losing, um, <clears throat> losing a father. Mm. And yeah, it was really, really hard. Um, and around the same time that my grandfather had passed away, uh, my brother got arrested um, for various reasons. But it was it was these two male role models in my life. My grandfather was sick, and then my brother, who I looked up to and who I continue to look up to, I see him getting carried away from my home in handcuffs. Um, I saw the stress um, going through that that process of trying to figure out. Um, how to get him out of that situation uh, with lawyers and different things like that. I saw the stress that it put on my family um, and me being the youngest at the time in my family, I kind of took on this pressure of I'm the last one. Mm. Um, and I need to make things right. Like I'm the last hope for the family kind of thing. And this is nothing. No one has ever told me this. There was no one said, Darren, you need to do right because you're the last one who's got to, you know, got to represent the family. Well, this is just something that I took on, Yes, my myself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, I, um, because of that, the experience I saw my brother go through, um, that was kind of my moral compass, even though I wasn't a Christian, I grew up, um, learn like hearing about Jesus, but not understanding the relationship aspect of it as well. Uh, also, I'm, I'm going to bounce around a bit. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, um, I remember hearing about Jesus and hearing about God and understanding, like I believe in God, but I didn't understand the concept of having a relationship with Jesus. Mm. Like that just, I didn't get it. Like you hear it and you understand it, but you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like the Holy Spirit just wasn't like making things click. And I didn't go to church often as well. But if you asked me if I was a Christian, I would say, yeah, I believe in God. I'm a Christian. Um, Because I thought that's all it meant was just acknowledging the existence of God. And Mm -hmm. I treated him like a a genie in a bottle, you know, pray for things that I want. Uh, Pray if something bad happens, if he can fix it. Go to him when you think you need him. Yeah, yeah. When when I think I need him, um, I'm I'm knocking on the door asking Mm -hmm. for stuff. But other than that, this... Yeah, completely uninvolved, but never against church. Never was like, oh, that's a bad thing. Um, didn't like going to church because, man, it was long. Um, going to a black church younger, man. <laughs> the clocks, there were no clocks. <laughs> if they were, there were clocks in there, bro. But let me tell you, they were they were ignored. <laughs> so sometimes you get out early and sometimes you get out late. Um, and so... I sort of like that, though, to be honest. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough when you don't understand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you don't have a relationship. Especially when you're young as well. When you're young as well yeah, and you just got energy <laughs> and you already got to wake up early on a Sunday, it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yeah. But back to what I was saying about um, this moral compass that I had um, through the experience of my brother and just things that I've learned from the role model of my mother and my grandfather and others in my family. Um, it was a weird place for me because I made a decision very early on in my life that I wasn't going to be like my brother, that Mm. I wasn't going to be like him. I wasn't going to make the same mistakes that he was going to, that he made. I'm going to number one, graduate high school. These, these, this was my plans that I made as a five um, and a a kid in fifth grade and um, year five, (laughs) I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to get accepted into a college. I'm going to graduate college. I'm going to get married, get a good job. And I'm going to be the father that my dad wasn't at the time. Mm. And I was going to raise my kids well. And I wanted them to have that comfort and stability that I always wanted. Um, And that drove me. Even before I was a Christian, that was my drive. Yeah. And it's so it's so weird that I think about this. Um, this weird just came to my mind. I had a teacher in eighth grade, and and she had seen so many different students. She's been teaching for so long. She was able to judge what drives kids, <laughs> and she was able to like without even knowing my life. I was like, okay, you judge me then. And she was like, it looks like you have a drive, and you're trying to be better than a sibling or be something better and i was like yeah i was like dang like she was getting everybody pretty well in class (laughs) um but i was just like as you you know interact with kids and different kids like people kind of fit in the same like bubble Mm you're different but similarities so i always thought that was interesting i was like dang and she got me down good (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that was my drive but as you get into high school when you get into middle school um which in america is from year six 
to year eight. That's a very um, interesting time to be a kid because you're going through puberty. Um, you move from being in a single classroom in elementary school and only being with the kids that are in your class. And then sometimes during like PE, physical education, you would be with other classes. But that was your main unit to going to middle school now. And instead of having one class a day, you have seven classes a day and you have to change from seven classes every single day. Mm-hmm. And you you have seven different group of kids that you're interacting with uh, and it's a larger school, which means there's different types of social hierarchies and different groups you want to fit into. Um, and yeah, there's this pool between wanting to fit in, um, but also not doing too bad of stuff because I was like, I don't agree with that. Like when it came to, for instance, when it came to like things that pertain to like alcohol, marijuana, wanted nothing to do with that. But for some reason I had this strange desire to want to do like other drugs that were even worse, but it was just like, like, <laughs> praise God, he, he spared me from that. And yeah. I never got any opportunity to do that. Um, man, it was amazing that he did that. Um, but it was just so weird. And also another thing that was was interesting for me um, in my spiritual development um, was, I was I'm very um, science-based. I love science. Um, I love trying to figure out how things work, engineering and stuff like that. And in America, there's a channel, it's called the Science Channel. Uh, top tier awesome channel um it's kind of like the discovery channel but like on steroids is other stuff as well um and i remember going to my mom one day because i'm very like in this mindset i'm like hey mom where does where does lightning come from and she was like well god creates it well you know you know bless my mom she doesn't know the answer but she's trying to give the best answer she can and i'm like no but like really like where does lightning come from and he's like, well, God creates it. I'm not sure, but I know God sends it and creates it. And I'm like, and at a young age, this was maybe about fifth grade, I realized that there's starting to become a gap between what God's word says mm. and what um, science in the world says about different things and they have different explanations. Um, and honestly, my, my battle throughout middle school was kind of balancing um that those two realities like okay do i believe god's word 100% or is it not 100% correct is it not or is science right and that was a really big like pull for me um i had a uh teacher who wasn't a christian sort of was a christian but not really and for some reason <clears throat> i think we were doing a a project on like the I think it was the seven or seven pillars of Islam or something, just talking about that. And of course the topic of God comes up and all the kids in the class are like, okay, do you believe in God? I believe in God. Do you believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. And there was this one person um, that was like, well, I don't believe in God. I'm an atheist. Uh, My family doesn't believe in God. That was Mm -hmm. the first time I heard the word atheist. And I'm like, oh, so that's what that means. You don't believe in God. (laughs) Um, And then obviously all the kids are asking each other. And then the next person to ask is the teacher. <laughs> mm. So, oh, what do you believe? And he says, well, because we're talking about evolution and we're like, oh, I believe that evolution um, is God's greatest tool that he used to create everything. So for me in my head, does that line up? And for my head, no, for me in my head, I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a balance. Uh, right, yeah. That was a balance for me as a, as a young kid. But then I started going to church. Um, I had a friend named Noah. Um, shout out to Noah. Um, <laughs> 
yeah, Noah is a gun. Um, he is the one that God has used to lead me to the Lord by inviting me to mm. church and being bold enough to invite me to church. Uh, we both started our Christian journeys around the same time. He became a Christian a lot earlier on, but got serious about his faith maybe a month or two before he invited me to church. Right, yeah. And through that, um, we grew together exponentially um, in our faith and kind of sharpened one another. Um, he's out pastoring, actually, uh, um, a young adults pastor at a church That's cool. um, in our area, which is it's insane. It's the, the, awesome. the way I look at because I've never really met Noah. I've had like chats with him when you're, whenever you're FaceTiming him. Yeah. But I always think of like, I'm the Aussie version of him. Yeah. I, I, of was, I didn't want to say that, but it's true. <laughs> but you guys are very similar. Um, maybe not necessarily in personality, but in caliber of men of God that you are. Mm, um, you. In the sense that you guys are um, intentional. Um, people that I can come to and have, yeah, deep talks, deep encouragement. Uh, and if I'm struggling with something and when I do struggle, you guys are people that I can come to and be like, yo, this is, this is what I'm dealing with. And I know that I have your ear and I know you're going to give me sound wisdom and encouragement. And you're going to pray for me. So you guys are similar in that sense that you guys are categories of friends or not even friends. You guys are, um, there are friends that stick closer than a brother mm. and you, you two fit in that category. So, yeah, just say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, my friend Noah invited me to church. Um, I started going to church and hearing about Jesus. Um, and I realized very quickly that, okay, maybe this answer that I was given um, passively um, in class when I was in sixth grade, this doesn't line up because I'm, I'm actually hearing from the Bible and I'm like, oh, the Bible was pretty specific, about seven <laughs> days, <laughs> six days. Uh, so I had, to, I had to balance that. Um, as well and i was like okay like i want like I'm, I'm, I'm starting to go to church and i'm starting to understand different things i'm learning about god i'm learning about heaven i'm learning about hell i'm like oh this is serious um as well as no yeah that's, that's, that's what i'm learning about and there is this thought in my head because i've, I've seen people who said they were christians but didn't follow through with it. Now I said I was a Christian, but if someone like, I wasn't going out saying I was a Christian, I wasn't going to church or anything, but I, I saw people who were saying they were Christians who would, who would go to church, but then they were no different than me or anybody else out there. So I, as I started to go, I, I made it say, I was like, if this is something that I'm going to be about, like if I'm going to believe in this, I'm going to be about it. I'm going to be about a hundred percent. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sidestep. I'm not going to sit on the fence and, you know, say I'm a Christian, but then going out, getting blackout drunk and partying and stuff. Yeah. Was there a period where you didn't go to church? So you said you went as a kid? Yeah, you know? it was on and off as a oh, kid. On and off. Okay. Right. Yeah. So like it would be well, obviously Christmas, um, definitely Easter, sometimes Christmas. And then on off occasions, you know, when my mom's like, oh, we're going to go to Sunday school. Um, then we'll get up and, and go. But that was very far in between mm. um, as well. So you only consistently went when Noah invited you. Yeah, that's yeah. when I started consistently going. Um, it was when I, Noah invited me. And then to start off his youth group, and then it started off um, on Wednesday uh, Sundays as well. Uh, yeah, that I would go on Sundays with them, yeah, yeah. which was really, really cool. cool. But yeah, I had to figure out, okay... If I'm going to be about this, I want to believe everything that God's word has to say. I don't want to be half-stepping. Like I want to be 
you know, this is truth. This is truth. I'm going to rock with it. I'm going to believe God's word a hundred percent. And yeah, that was, that was an interesting thing. Uh, I think that the, um, the defining point that kind of summarized, cause I really struggled with the creation part of things was, um, watching that movie, God's not dead. I remember we had an event where we watched the movie at our youth pastor's house and he had everybody over and like the way that he explained the big bang and how it's completely possible that God could create everything within that um and still fit in within that 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 6 day creation period and the 7 day he rest for me it was the click that I needed okay. to be like oh God's word is true mm-hmm. there isn't a there isn't this butting heads between science in God's word, right? Yeah, that actually works together, like they complement each other. And I was like, "Oh, that was like the last straw that I needed." Um, but then I still procrastinated. I put it off, mm. and until one night, um, I think it was after a youth group, or maybe a day before, I was going to go to youth group, and I had been putting it off for a while. And I, I, I said before. I, so uh, just to clarify, what are you putting off exactly? Accepting Christ. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I knew I, there there have been points in my time before I became a Christian where I had prayed to God saying, um, especially at, um, oh, let me backtrack as well. Um, let me say I've heard the gospel in between um, this time period, maybe 50 times, <laughs> like clear gospel presentations 50 times mm-hmm. at the least. Um, I went to the YMCA growing up as a kid. Um, they had an after-school daycare. And also I went there for summer camps as well, where they would have like summer camp daycare. Um, and the YMCA is a Christian organization. And sometimes they would have this man, his name is Grandpa. We used to call him Grandpa. I never knew his real name. He would teach, come in, teach us how to swim. And I would assume he was a pastor somewhere. But he would always share gospel. He would always give us a gospel presentation. He would get us all in a circle and he would sing like um, kids songs, like Christian songs. And he would give us a clear gospel presentation. And I would always be like, yeah, that makes sense. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But I never understood it. Um, for all my Christians out there who've heard the gospel multiple times, you, when I say understand it and understand with wide eyes, you get it. It's, there's a difference between getting it and getting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've heard the gospel multiple times. When I was in middle school, there was this church um, uh, in my area that would have a hangout every Friday night. Um, youth groups were on Wednesdays in America and Friday nights was just normally people do sports. But every Friday night, we called this place the spot because um, it was the spot to be. And it was only opened up for middle schoolers. And it was $6 to get in and it would start at, um, yeah, I think like six o'clock and then go to about nine o'clock. And all the kids would come and hang out. It was super cool. You had drinks. It was a skate park, basketball court, volleyball pit. There were games on the inside that you can play. Like it was a really cool place yeah. to hang out and chill. And, but if you wanted to get in early, I mean, if you wanted to get in for free, you could come early and come around 520 and the youth pastor there would give, um, a gospel presentation. So if you you can, you can come late when it opens and (laughs) spend $7 to get in six, $7 to get in, or you can come early and hear a gospel presentation and get in for free. That's so funny. That's yeah, so funny. It, was, it was amazing evangelism tool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but through that, I was at the spot when I was in sixth grade. I was at the spot every single Friday. Uh, I don't know how many Fridays there are in a, a school year, but I was there and I heard the gospel. Probably majority, yeah, for majority of that time, 
from year six to about year eight, I heard the gospel a lot. And I remember there being times where I'm just like, God, I believe who you are, believe in your son, Jesus, Mm -hmm. but I'm not ready to give my life to you. I want to do my own stuff. And look, think about it now. It's so dumb. Because <laughs> I could have died at any point in time, bro. Can I ask you what, what held you back? Like what helped you? What held you from giving my life to Christ? Because mm. I knew the commitment that it involved. I knew that if I were to give my life to Christ, I would have to live for Christ. And I didn't want to do that. Mm. I, I still selfishly want to do things that I wanted to do that were sinful. Right. Uh, that I had my own sinful desires that I knew that I, I, if I were to give my life to Jesus, I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, so yeah, that, that was a part of it. Um, just selfishness, Mm -hmm. um, as well. When I started going to church with Noah, there was wanting to understand better and fully understand it and be fully committed and sold out for it. And if somebody, let's say like someone's struggling with the same thing that you struggled with, Mm -hmm. what would your advice to, what would your advice be to give to them? Fully understanding. Or mm. just want like to be selfish and do their own thing. Yeah, just like let's say they're in the selfish sort of bracket. Maybe they understand it, but they're just not ready to give their life to Christ. Um, number one, I commend you because you understand the commitment that it is. Mm. Giving your life to Jesus is not something you take lightly. Jesus calls calls us to count the cost. And you understanding that commitment um, and being honest with yourself and realizing, okay, there are things that I like. I'm, I'm being selfish, but the things that I want to do, um, I, I just want to first commend you on understanding the costs, um, or at least counting them. Mm-hmm. But I want to encourage you that no matter what you want to do, no matter how bad you want to do it, no activity, no no sin no dream that you have is worth giving up your salvation for or giving up your eternity for. Cause let's say you get that thing, but you die without Christ. Eternity is a long time to be suffering. Mm-hmm. It's a long time to spend <clears throat> eternity in hell because you wanted to achieve a dream or you wanted to party or you wanted to do whatever you put in there. It's It's not worth it. It really isn't. So think about it. Count the cost because it is, it is a challenge. It is, um, it does cost you to follow Jesus, but the reward is so much better. Um, not even just heaven and eternity with Christ, but to know God mm-hmm. on a personal, intimate level, and to know that He loves you and cares about you, and He's with you, and He will never leave you. Man, yeah, no, no amount of sin or life goals could ever amount to that. Or become even close to that. Because I could fail in any every goal that I may have had, I could fail in it. You're only here for so long, bro. You're only here for so long. Tomorrow's not promised. Um, I love that. Yeah. Uh, for those who may be wanting to understand and really be sold out for, I commend you as well. That you're counting the cost and you want to know for sure. Um, but don't delay um, you're not going to need, you're not going to know everything mm. and you could be pursuing to know everything that you need to know. And there are things that God will reveal to you as you intentionally pursue him and follow him. Um, but take the first step. Like I said, eternity is a long time and 
if you're waiting to understand everything about God in order to give your life to him, you won't ever give your life to him <laughs> because you won't understand everything. Um, but just know that God loves you and he cares for you. And he's demonstrated his love for you um, by dying on a cross for your sins, by paying the penalty that you deserve. Every bad thing you've ever done, he's died past, present, and future for that. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I delayed, but God convicted me because I tried to go to bed one night <laughs> and I was having this, this, you know, this inner talk with myself. I was like, okay, I know I need to give my life to Christ. I know I need to do this. This is something I need to do. But I was like, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll get up before I go to school. I'll give my life to Christ. And I tried to go to bed. Couldn't sleep. Brother, when I tell you I couldn't sleep, <laughs> my heart was pounding, racing, like just couldn't sleep. And I knew what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And I got out of my bed and I knelt down and I, oh. I confessed. I was like, God, I, I know I'm a sinner. I know what I've done is wrong. I know I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. Mm -hmm. And Lord, I want to take that promise that you offer me of of eternal salvation. If I trust in him, God, I'm putting my trust in Jesus. And I said, thank you. And I normally don't tell this part because I don't, this is when I'm sharing the gospel with people. I don't want them to equate this experience that I had with, okay, if I didn't have that, then I'm not saved or I need to have this to be saved. But for me personally, the experience that I felt was, I felt like a literal weight being lifted off of my back. Um, It was a strange, strange feeling, but it literally felt, I I could feel like I was carrying this heavy blanket or something like a weighted blanket. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I gave my life to Christ, I could just feel this weight, like a physical weight just being lifted off of me. And just like, um, it was amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went, um, I went to youth either the next night or the next week after. And I told my youth pastor about the decision that I made. Um, also another reason why I delayed, I didn't want to do, I didn't want to give my life to Christ in front of people. I didn't want to be like an emotional experience. Like I wanted to do it on my own, um, and I had heard the gospel enough and how to give my life to Christ that I knew how to do it. Mm. Um, so we had gone all the way through youth group and he's driving us home in a bus that we have, like a van that we have. We drop off the kids and I'm one of the last ones. And there's this long road, um, this long road that leads to my house. like, And it's dark, really dark at night because there's no lights there. And I remember I told him, I was like, hey, um, Pastor Ron, his name is Pastor Ron. Awesome guy, amazing guy. Um, I give my. Um, I became a Christian the other night. And I, I gave my life to Christ, and he said, "Really? You accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior?" I was like, "Yes, I did." Um, he asked me, "So, if we were to die right now, if this van would crash and you were to die, do you know where you would go?" And at that moment, that was the <laughs> double down or question myself. And I sat for a second and I was like, yes, I know I would go to heaven because I know what I did. Mm. I know who I trusted in. And if if what you said, because I've heard him share the gospel, if you said this is what it means to have eternal life and I need to do this and trust in him, then I trusted in him. It's crazy how fast like the confidence comes. 
Yeah. Like, well, it's, it's it's sink or swim. Yeah. You're going to doubt yeah. yourself or yeah. you're going to believe God at his word. And I, I believed God at his word. This is what it says I needed to do. And I did it. Mm. I trusted in him. So yes, I'm going to heaven. If I die, we flip this bad boy and <laughs> run in the ditch. I'm, I am going to heaven mm. because it's, it's not even just sink or swim. It's like sink or walk on water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's sink or, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah that's cool. Um, that that's when I became a Christian. I was this was my my freshman year of high school, so year nine, first year of high school. So very pivotal point because middle school is kind of like the people are trying to find themselves, and then high school is okay. the The path you've already started in middle school, you kind of continue that path in mm-hmm. high school, and that really defines who you are because you double down on who you are as a person in high school, and that almost sets your trajectory for your entire life. So if you're, you know. The part of your type, and you kind of started that in middle school, which is crazy. I believe that people were doing that, but they were. Um, that kind of sets your trajectory into high school and even into college. If you're doing drugs, that kind of sets your trajectory into high school, that you will continue that, mm-hmm. and then into college. It's very rare that people change up in high school um, because they continue what they're doing yeah. in that. And yeah, I became a Christian. It's very bold. I'm inviting people to church. Like, yo, you got to come hear about Jesus talking about God to people and stuff and inviting them to church. It was me and my friend Noah. Um, we were just like almost known as the Christian guys at school. Always how, how old were you at this time? I, was, I became a Christian when I had just after I turned 15. Okay. Yeah. So I became a Christian in August 2024. I mean, yeah. 2014. <laughs> 2024. Brother. I'm still waiting for I'm, I'm in the 20s now. It's crazy. Uh, 2014. Yeah. Um. And yeah, we were just, me and him were on fire. We were just inviting people to church, seeing our friends come to know Christ, which was really cool. But we didn't know how to disciple for our lives, bro. We didn't know how to (laughs) disciple at all. So we, the way that we became Christians and the way that we thought it worked was, okay, you're just on fire for the Lord. So you just, you just start doing stuff and you start just learning. But people didn't like, understand that they just became a christian they accepted christ but yeah it was different our mentality was different we just thought okay you're a christian i'll just be a christian we didn't know how to teach them how to be a christian Mm -hmm. so a lot of our friends would become christians or like accept christ but then you know would fall away because they didn't have that intentional pouring into them kind of thing we just thought it just came natural like you just want to live for for christ you do it um, so that was a bit frustrating for us, but now after we went to Bible college, we realized, bro, we, we, we talked about it. We're like, bro, we were terrible at discipling people. We had no idea what we were doing. So we just thought if we invited them to church, they, they came to know Christ. They would continue to come to church. They would just learn it just naturally grow. It's like, no, so they need that intentional discipleship. It's so usually how it works. So you usually start off a bit shaky, but you, you yeah. learn. The hills learn. that we would fight on were dumb. <laughs> we would die on the dumbest of hills, um, when it came to certain topics. Um, my youth pastor taught us a um, very important saying um, that I live by not, not that I live by but I, I constantly remember when I talk to people um, that aren't Christians is do you want to be right or do you want to be effective mm. um, you can be right about some of the theological things that you debate about and talk to people about and completely lose the person and they will turn your back and not want anything to do with Christians or you can be effective you know pull the punches a bit and speak with love and gentleness, not compromising truth, but knowing when to 
express certain truths to certain people. Um, so yeah, do you want to be right or do you want to be effective? It's really good. I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> so so you you gave your life to Christ. Yes. Then you started you started just going hard with with yeah. telling people about Christ and trying to disciple people. Mm-hmm. Um, what what happens next? What is the 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 next sort of pivotal moment in your life, if you don't mind sharing, sharing obviously. Yeah, for sure. Um, so two years, I was on fire for the Lord, just going hard. Mm. Um, during those two years, uh, I developed a reputation, which by God's grace, that protected me for the next two years of my high school career because of the reputation that I had built up. Um, those two years, um, I had joined a... Uh, a karate uh, missionaries team. Our church had a, a group, we called it Breaking Point, and we used karate and, and dramas and humor to share Jesus um, with people in different lessons from the Bible. So we would travel for two weeks around the United States, me and Noah and a few other people that were part of his team. Um, our youth pastor um, was a three-time, um, he was a second degree black belt, three-time national champion in the United States. Uh, um, amateur champion for martial arts back in the day. So he was the real deal. <laughs> um, and we would travel around the United States, um, different places, different churches he's been and has contacts with, um, different orphanages, boys' homes, troubled youth areas, and youth camps. And we would put on, a, a we called it a demo, a demonstration. <laughs> we would break boards. We knew martial arts, but we would use a lot of humor and different skits that we did um, to share Jesus uh, with people. And in between skits, we would share our testimonies. And that's where I learned how to share my testimony very mm-hmm. quickly. Um, and yeah, we did that traveling country, sharing people. Our first year that we did that, we saw a hundred and I think 107 or 119 kids accept Christ in two weeks wow. from us traveling. And that was wild. We're just like, whoa. It's like, <laughs> dude, it's crazy. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, not to boast about the numbers because it's by God's grace that he took, of course, yeah. you know, a bunch of hooligans like ourselves <laughs> and used karate of all things and drama. That- <laughs> my, my, one of my favorite things ever, and I said in, I think I said in the podcast with Chris, mm-hmm. one of my favorite things when, when people use like some niche sort of like platforms mm-hmm. to uh, share God's, God's word or the gospel, or whatever, because it's like, I mean, it, it's just reaching everyone. Like yeah. it's, even if it's niche, it's like those people need it. Mm-hmm. Like Chris was gaming and mm-hmm. stuff and it's, gaming's not so niche anyone, but yeah. it's like everyone's gaming. But it's like, he wants to use that ministry, that specific ministry. Yeah. Some people use sports and like football, you used karate, which is yeah. for like, I don't know if it's just in Australia or not, but that's extremely niche. Like I don't see or hear many people doing karate, but to see that as like a ministry is so cool. Mm-hmm. And I'll, like, that's one of my favorite things to see, like these small Pacific, um, like whatever it is, activities, whatever it is being used by, by God mm-hmm. to impact people. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, it's amazing what happens when we all have our own passions and, and desires and different things and interests that we love. Um, it's a beautiful thing to to come to know Christ, still have these desires and passions, 
and then and then bring those things to the Lord. Mm. And it's like, God, I love this. Uh, this is something I'm very passionate about. But God, I love you, and I want to use this for you. Is yeah. this? Am I able to use this for you? I love it. And a lot of times, God like repackages us and gives it to us back and says, "Yeah, you can." I think about that in the in the context of um, Christian hip hop, which was very influential <laughs> in my life as a Christian, um, which was amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, two years of doing that ministry, and then after that. Um, was kind of the um, a bit of a downhill slope for me. Mm. Um, I still back back when I said I had that desire to to graduate high school, graduate, get into a college, graduate college, um, get married, have a good job, and be that. My my desire was comfort. At the end of the day, my desire was comfort, All right. and I was pursuing that more than I was pursuing God. That was my that was that my drive in life was to pursue that comfort. Was there, was there something that happened that sort of changed the desire? Or? Yes, there was something that happened. <laughs> say, um, is... um, during the, the last two years of my high school years, uh, my yeah, high school years was um, was rough because on the outside I was doing everything that I needed to do. I was still mm -hmm. going to church. I was still very active. I was still inviting people to church. Still sharing the gospel, um, but my private life wasn't great. I wasn't mm. reading my Bible. I wasn't praying. And it was very frustrating because God was still using me. But I wasn't doing what I needed to do. And I, I would get angry. I was like, God, why do you keep using me? Mm. Like, why? I don't deserve this. Like, I'm, I'm, you could be using so many people that are so much better than me. Mm. Um, it was just wild. I could never understand that. But this is by God's grace. You don't deserve to be used. But he still chooses to use you where you're at. Mm. And everything kind of, this identity, um, this desire, like identifying this desire that I had that I didn't know that I had, came to a head where I'm in my last year of high school. I've applied to different colleges and did not get approved or anything. And I finally, I finally get approved into a college. Like I finally, like I applied, I toured different colleges, I finally applied and I got accepted into a college. This is goal two out of my life goals that are coming true. I'm about to graduate high school. I'm about, I got accepted. And I'm like, yes, like everything's working out. Like I'm on my way. And my friend Noah was like, hey, there's this Bible Institute that our youth pastor, um, one of our youth pastors went to, not Pastor Ron, but another pastor that we had at our church went to and he's like, hey, I went to camps here when I was younger. Um, we should tour this school and check it out. And I was like, nah, bro, I'm good. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be a pastor. Like, it's all good. I'm, I'm good. I, I just got accepted into the university I'm going to. Like, I think I'm just going to go with this. He's like, come on, bro. Let's just, let's just at least tour the school. Like, just come with me. And I was like, all right, all right, we'll go. Um, so funny thing uh, about this interaction was we bought these tickets we thought we needed to go to the school to tour it. Um, but what these tickets really were for um, was if people were flying in out of state, um, you would buy these tickets and the people from the university would pick you up in a van and that would pay for the trip from the airport oh, right. to the university. Yeah. Yeah. So we buy these tickets. We drive like an hour and a half to this university. Um, it's late at night, maybe like eight o'clock. We get to the front desk and we're like, hey, 
we're here for the bus tour. And the lady looks at us like, what bus tour? And we're like, well, we have these tickets. And she's like, I don't know what these is. Um, and we don't even have campus preview days on. Um, we have mission conference though, that's going on right now. And we're like, hey, let, let me let me call the admissions team and they'll come down and they'll sort things out. So we're sitting here kind of confused. We drove up here like, you know, ourselves and we're just like, all right, what's going on? Um, and yeah, the admissions team comes. He's like, hey, we got these these tickets to tour the school. And you're like, all right, we don't know what that is, but um, I think we can set you up so you can stay here and tour the school for like for a couple of days. And cool. what's really cool is that they set it within like 15 minutes. They called people. They pulled some strings. We had a place to stay. We had food to eat. Um, and we didn't have to worry about any of it, cost or nothing. Oh, wow, that's yeah, really they free room and board, meals, easy, easy money. It was crazy. And it was like, you can stay for missions conference as well. So we got to go to the whole missions conference for free. And so we're like, we're there at night and they're like, hey, you want to go to the first session? And we're like, all right. And the first session was from this missionary from Papua New Guinea who had gone into the, like the remote areas of Papua New Guinea and just preaching the gospel and reaching mm -hmm. these people. And he said something that was really like eye-opening for me. And it was, you got to step outside of your comfort zone because when you step outside of your comfort zone, you're only, you can't rely on yourself anymore because you're outside of yourself. You have to rely on God. And that's when you see God do the most work because you're outside of yourself. And then your comfort zone, you only stay outside of your comfort zone for a little bit because it just expands. Because you're trusting God in that and your comfort, your level of comfort expands more because you trusted God and you got to keep doing it. And my heart is just pounding. And I'm just like, God is like, you need to step outside of your comfort zone. Like you need to. Mm -hmm. And I go to bed. It's like, man. And then we get to the uh, the admissions office. They waive our application fee. It's like, hey, if you like, hey, do you want to apply to come here? Like, it's like, we won't charge you anything. We'll help you with the application. I'm like, oh, not really. It's like, no, just, just, all right, I'll apply. Like, you don't have to go, but just apply. Like, and if you get in, you get in. It's, it is what it is. You don't have to go. So I apply and I'm sitting here and I'm just getting this, this level of like conviction, bro. <laughs> I hear God just telling me you need to go to this school. Yeah, well. not verbally, but like you just know yeah, yeah. in your soul that you need to go here. But I'm like, I don't want to go here. <laughs> I didn't plan for this. Like, this is not part of my plan. Mm. And it's just like your entire life, you've been planning your own plan and expecting me to sign off on it. And you never stopped to ask me what I wanted to do with your life. Mm. You need to go to this school. And I remember sitting down and they had a small little like closet office in the admissions room. And I remember sitting down with Noah. He came in there and he prayed for me and I was crying. And I'm like, he's like, man, what's up? I'm like, bro, I know what to, I need to do, but I'm scared. I'm scared. I, like God is calling me here, but this is, this is not something I necessarily want to do. And I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And he prayed with me and we prayed. And then after that, I text my mom and my family has always been very supportive of me, no matter what I do, always been supportive. I text my mom and I'm like, hey mom, 
actually, I called her and I was like, hey, mom, mom. She's like, how's it going? Like, it's going good. And I'm like, mom, I think I need to go to this school. And he's like, really? He's like, yeah. It's like, well, do you want to be like a pastor or anything? It's like, no, not, not really. But mom, I, I think I need to go to the school. She's like, well, what about the other university you got approved into? I was like, I know, I know, but this is something I think I need to do. And it was the first time my mom was unsure of a decision that I made and wasn't backing me 100%. She's like, D, I don't know. I don't know. And then I was like, all right. And we hung up. And it was hard. Mm. But I had to double down again. And I was like, well, am I going to listen to, you know, what my mom says or, you know, what these people think? Or am I going to do what I know God is calling me to do? And in my heart, I was like, God, I'm going to do I'm going to do this. Not today. I'm not going to make the decision today. But God, I know you're calling me here and I'm going to go here. Yeah. And then within five minutes, my mom texts me and she was like, no matter what decision you make, the whole family backs you. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. And that was like such a sigh of relief. Because it's hard to make a decision when your family's not backing you. Mm. They don't support you. But when they do, it's um, it's amazing. And um, yeah, um, I got accepted into the university, I mean, into this Bible Institute. But I didn't make a decision until maybe... Um, maybe a couple weeks after. And while I was at this universe, while I was at this mission conference, like touring this, this Bible college, I ran into a good friend of mine. His name is um, Josh. He's a Christian rapper. Uh, he still makes music. He's awesome. Uh, yeah, he's. I think he's yeah, Joshua Doran. Yeah, check him out on Spotify, Joshua Doran. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to the dude. <laughs> but I was in a Christian rap. He was wearing a Christian rap t-shirt. And I'm like, I'm gonna go talk to this guy because he looks pretty chill. And I was talking to him and um, I've never met, I've always talked, I've met people who've gone through a struggle and have gotten through it and talked about it in the past, but I've never met someone who was going currently through a struggle and was still trusting God in it. Mm. And he was just telling me, I was like, bro, I just got off the phone, bro. I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, I don't have enough money to finish this semester, but I'm still here. I should have been gone a long time ago. And I don't know what happens. He's like, I could be, they could they could ask me to leave tomorrow. I could be here for the next month. I could be here for the next day, but I'm trusting God. And he's like, I'll have to go back home. Like, if I know, I don't know what's happening. And it was the first time I heard someone who's like in the thick of the storm. And it's like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know, but I'm going to trust God. And I'm trusting God that he'll provide. And and I was like, wow, that was crazy to hear that. And I was like, oh dang, like this is what it's like, huh? <laughs> so is he much older than you? Or? Um, he's got a couple years on me. Okay. He's not super older than me, but he was a student at the Bible Institute. Yeah, okay, at right. the time. Um, but yeah, so, so somehow through somebody, God provided for him to finish out his Bible Institute year, mm. which was really really cool. Um, we became really good friends. Um, made a little bit of music together. Um got to hear some of his stuff and encourage him to that. And he was a great encouragement to me and Noah um, while we were at Bible college. It was amazing. Um, so yeah, well, obviously you, you, you leave the high from the camp or whatever you're at in the spiritual experience. And then you got to face the real world and you're making this decision to go to a Bible college out of nowhere and everyone has questions. So like, especially my teachers, when I told them that I'm not going to go to this university, I'm going to go to this Bible college. And they're like, why are you going to this Bible college? And I was like, you want to be a pastor? I'm like, like a priest or something? I'm like, no. 
It was like, well, why are you going? Well, I'm like, well, God called me. And it was like, well, I don't know if that's, you know, the wisest. Who was saying this? Sorry, can you- teachers, different teachers, teachers um, who meant well. It wasn't that yeah, they hated me or hated Christians yeah. or anything, but logically it makes sense to go to a four-year university first, get a degree, and then do something like that. Yeah. But I knew that I needed to do it now because if I would have went to university, I would have been lost 100%. would have fell off. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have been good. Um, and and yeah, like a lot of that was going around. Like, yeah, it's not the wise decision, but I knew what I needed to do. And my first year, my first semester there, I was going with the attitude, okay, I'm going to give you God, God I'm going to give you this this year. And then after that, I'm going to go to my university and, and do what I want to do. Um, yeah, after that first semester, bro, he God like destroyed me. <laughs> what do you mean? He broke me down. He broke me down. Like I said, I was still holding on to my own desires of comfort. Mm. And that's when I realized that my whole life I've been chasing comfort. Mm. I've been chasing this. And it, these things aren't bad things. To be successful, yeah. take care of your family, have a comfortable life, like that's not bad. But when that's your idol and the thing that you chase after, that's where it becomes an issue. Mm. That's the thing that you want more than God. And that was the issue. Yeah. So that January, this was 2019, January 2019, I was like, God, I, I give you my future. You can have it. You can do whatever you want with it. But God, you have to give me something to do. Because I was praying, like my Bible college year is almost over. It's halfway through. I don't know what I'm going to do next. Do I go to my second year of this Bible college, which is a two-year institute? Or what? Like, I don't know. There's mm. What else do I do? And I'm like, well, God, you have to give me something. I'll give you my future, but you have to give me something. Then I'll do it. Yeah. And that, that uh, March, I went on a missions trip. To Australia, they opened up. It's like, hey, we're going to do we do a yearly mission strip. You can go to um, where was it? I think one was Jerusalem, one was Australia, and then another one was um, um, a South American country. You can go to um, and and do missions work. And I was like, wow, Jerusalem sounds really cool. I would love to go to Jerusalem, but I'm like, I've always wanted to go to Australia. I've never been to Australia. Like, mm. What a wild place to go. <laughs> the farthest place ever, and I'll go there. So I signed up, raised support. I got to go, and I'm going. I've been on mission trips before, but this is the first time I've been on a mission trip. But when I left, um, I was like, man, I felt like there was still so much work that needed to be done. It's been, I've done mission trips before with the Breaking Point team and they were great, but I was like, man, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> yeah. But it was the first time I was like, I got on a plane and I'm landing and I'm just like, dang, like, I feel like we still have so much work that needs to be done. <laughs> and I was talking with Martin. It's like Australia is such a terrible place. No, I mean, no, not that. It was so just like, <laughs> I, I shared the gospel with a kid. Um, I think your camera is turned off. That's all right. That's all good. But no, I, I shared the gospel with this kid at a skate park. And he didn't, he barely knew who Jesus was. Like just, mm. uh, yeah, I think so. But no, knew nothing about Jesus. And we were sharing Christ with him. And it was just wild. I'm like, the kids know nothing. Mm. Like they barely know anything. And I was like, where well, you can go to you know, America and, and someone like they don't know something about Jesus. Or, oh yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah, God's son or whatever, yeah, right. died for our sins. Even if they didn't believe in it, they would know 
something about who Jesus was. Mm. He hadn't really barely had any ideas. Like he's like God's son or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like I was like, wow. And we were just like sharing Christ with this person. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, I think there, there's a need here. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was talking with Martin, who's the director of Word of Life in Australia. And he was like, hey, you should, you know, like, like if, you, if you're keen to come, you know, like you can come for a month, three months or six months or even a year. And in my head, I'm like, boom, a year instantly. But I didn't want to, you know, give him my cards, <laughs> you know, let him know he got me, but yeah. he had me. Yeah. Um, so I went back, but I was conflicted because this was the first time that I felt that God was calling me to do something that I actually wanted to do. So I was like, oh, is this me? Right. That's it. Yeah. Or is this, this is God. And I had a conversation with my disciple at the time. And I was like, hey, this is what I'm feeling. And he's like, hey, bro, listen. If God, if your desire is to pursue Christ and get to know him, if that's your main desire to pursue him, then you're going to walk in God's will. Because God's will is for you to be conformed to the image of his son. And if you're doing all that you can to pursue him and be conformed to his image, then you can be flipping burgers at McDonald's and be working, walking in God's will. Mm. Uh, you can be, whether it's in Australia, working at McDonald's, working at a law firm, whatever. If you're pursuing and trying to become more like Christ and conform to his image, then you're walking in God's will. And I was like, oh, that, like, that was like a big, big relief for me. Um, but then it became a waiting period because nothing was confirmed until this is around... April, May, I've had this conversation. Nothing was nothing was confirmed until maybe August about me going. So I had to wait. Um, and during the Bible Institute, we have summer camp. Um, so the, the main half of the year is Bible, where you go to the Bible about three times, where you do Bible survey, through chapter titles, which Chris explained beforehand, where you have to summarize a chapter within about 10 words, um, read it and summarize it, yeah, wow. uh, which is really cool. Um, I still have chapter titles on my phone as well <laughs> from, from Google Notes that I wrote. Um, and also through your quiet time that we had, our devotional that we had, we would go through the Bible about three times. So you're learning all this Bible, all this theology throughout the year. Um, and then... You put all of that to the test and apply it where we have eight weeks of camp and it is nonstop. I don't know if Chris told you, but man, it is nonstop. It is so exhausting, but it's <laughs> so good, but it's so hard because you have junior camp and teen camp. Teen camp runs from Sunday afternoon to Saturday morning. I think you did mention this. Actually. And it repeats. So you get maybe... It's less than 48, it's not 24. You probably get maybe 30, 36 hours to yourself between teen camps. Junior camps end on a Friday. So you get like the day of Saturday and then Sunday morning to yourself. Right. And then it starts all over again. You, like, uh, I don't know if anyone does this in Australia, but you guys counted your, you guys call yourself like camp counselors? Yeah. It's camp leaders, camp different leaders, terminology, right. but you are counseling. Because you got kids coming from all different walks of life, different stages of um, of their faith, it's it's like it's like pastoring, evangelizing, shepherding 
all at the same time. It's crazy. You got some kids in your group will be not Christians. Some will be new Christians. Some will give their life to Christ. And others will be committed Christians who need encouragement. So Mm. it's like a lot of everything's jumbled in. And yeah, it was very taxing. Um, But I had to learn because I was so focused on what was happening in the future about me going to Australia that I wasn't present with my youth. Um, one thing I learned is to be present where you're at now. Mm. God's going to handle what's happening in the future, but be present. Try to be as present as you can with them because you're, you're robbing these kids and you're robbing yourself from the blessing of being able to minister to these kids. Yeah. Um, another thing I learned was God gives the increase. We plant and we water because I got frustrated because I'm like, all my friends are seeing their kids come to know Christ and all these amazing, like, you know, saw the Paul, like things that are happening. And then I'm having my kids and it's like, man, I feel like I'm barely making a dent. I'm barely connecting with these guys. Um, and I had to learn um, through one of my camp leaders who was helping me. Um, he was like, hey man, like you're trying to do, you're trying to step in the realm of doing things that God only does. Mm. Like you don't, yeah, well. you don't cause the increase. God is the one who causes the increase. So mm. you'd be faithful in watering and planting seeds and by God's grace, you'll, you'll, we'll see something maybe, um, but you have to be okay with not being able to see anything now. Yeah. So those are two things I learned during my camp year, um, raised support to go to Australia. It was meant to be in Australia for a year. <laughs> Got there in 2020 in February, COVID hits, completely turns everything <laughs> upside down, but I get to meet Jonah amazing friend um uh, a brother in christ is insane <laughs> it's an insane year yeah it was a wild year yeah it was a wild year <laughs> um yeah um i think obviously I, my big part i should probably talk about um my my love <laughs> love of my life um michaela um this girl that i'm dating right now um we met in bible college but i uh purposely avoided her because she came not not because i didn't like her i did like her but that's the reason why i avoided because i didn't want to be seen as a creepy guy like breathing down her neck all the time so i kept my space because she came in the spring she was a spring student so she came halfway through the year and i didn't want to be some guy who was like oh we got a new girl on campus like oh she's from australia so i didn't want to be weird um so i kept my distance and came to australia when she was she was going to be in america so i didn't come to australia for her came because God called me. She was going to be in America and that was her plan to stay in America and study there. And yeah, COVID hit. She came back early. Um, told her that I liked her. <laughs> she didn't like me back, didn't reciprocate the feelings. I was like, all right. It was a sad boy hour for the boys. Um, Jonah knows about that. Because <laughs> that was when we were, we were uh, roommates. So that was fun. But God is good. And after after COVID, she came back. I mean, after she finished her Bible college year, because she came back for COVID and then left again after everything kind of cleared up, went back to finish off her studies. And then some things happened where she had to come back to Australia and then stay here for a long period of time. And yeah, gave it a second shot. God opened some doors. And <laughs> now we've been together for a year and a half uh, today, which is a uh, year and six months today. So it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, She's she's been a tremendous blessing in my life. Um, such an encouraging, loving, um, gentle woman. The way that she loves um, people and what like very passionately. Um, this is amazing. Like like the love that she has for her friends is wild. Like she was telling me about it the other day, and I was just like, 
like dang i need to step up my game <laughs> i need to step up my game as a friend because her her perspective on friendship is actually the the more correct level of what mm-hmm. a friend should be whereas where i may use people being my friend very flippantly when they're more of acquaintances or someone i just may work with right yeah um so she has a right perspective of what a friend is. She's very, uh, she's very seven hundred as well. Yes, yes, like, she is. Every time I go, out, go, like up to Port Macquarie to visit, mm-hmm. she's always like willing to to serve, make me food or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, man. Yeah. She loves yeah. to serve. Yeah, um, very cool. Yeah, she loves to serve and take care of people. She loves to feed people. <laughs> yeah. um, it's funny because uh, I don't like true to eat Latina. A lot. <laughs> yeah, true Latina. She she loves to um, feed people and. Yeah, that's her way of showing love is giving you a full belly. Um, I get full very quickly, so I don't eat a lot. So sometimes it's like, you don't love me, you don't eat enough. No, <laughs> no it's not that. She knows I love her. Um, and I'm trying to learn to to eat more. Eat more, yes. And yeah. But she makes really good food. It's amazing. Yeah. It's good. Sometimes I'm mad because I have such a small stomach. I'm like, man, this food is so good. And I have such a small stomach. I can't enjoy it. Um, but Yeah. It's been really good learning mm. to love with her, um, learning to give more of myself because we've both been hurt in the past and learning how to open up ourselves to each other, um, to love each other correctly. Um, it's a beautiful thing. It's mm. such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Man, it's so amazing. She's awesome. Mm. I get to see her tomorrow too. <laughs> she's um, she's spending Christmas with her family and we're going to spend some time together when she comes back. So I'm super excited for that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we, we we went through like a lot of your life. Is yeah. It, before we sort of wrap up this section, is there anything else that you have you wanted to say? Because that is pretty much you up to date. Yeah, pretty much up to date. Yeah, the three, <clears throat> the yeah, three and a half years, yeah, three years here have been pretty consistent. Um, just serving and, and ministering mm-hmm. um, in different capacities with Word of Life, whether it's doing outreach events or working in local church ministries. Um, Mm. be more intentional um, building relationships with the local churches in our area and, and other places yeah that's that's pretty much it I think my perspective on the church has changed since I've been here um, the church is so much bigger and so much more beautiful <laughs> to me than it was when I was in America because um, Christianity is very baked into the culture um, and the American attitude and Christianity are almost kind of sandwiched together but it's cool to be outside of that and see Christianity in a different yeah. light. Yeah. It's cool. beautiful. It's, um, yeah. So <laughs> I forgot, I don't know what I was going with, but, um, so what's, what's your goal now? What's next for, for Darian? <laughs> um, Things, I know this, but I just had to ask for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For <laughs> what's next. Um, yeah. What's next is to fin- graduate, um, university mm. uh, and try and get somewhat established um, doing ministry somewhere. Um, have you told, have you said what you're studying and stuff? Yeah, bachelor's in uh, biblical counseling. Yeah. So um, I don't know if I necessarily want to be a counselor, um, but like as that being my sole job, but I want to work in a ministerial capacity where I am able to counsel people. So mm. if that if that makes sense, because yeah, as a minister or whether you're serving at your church um, vocationally or just as a laid person who serves at their church, there are opportunities for you to counsel people 
um, friends, family, even just people, individuals in your church like that. Like that's just part of Christian life is walking and talking and counseling others and being counseled. So yeah, I'm super excited to use these tools in that capacity along with yeah, other things. Yeah, that's cool. It's it's cool to see how like God just worked even from young age. Like you had goals and they weren't bad goals of like you wanted to graduate school, college. I mean, hopefully you're working on the other the, the, yeah, yeah. The next two mm-hmm. of um, getting married, yes. having kids, mm-hmm. being a good father. Um, it's it's funny because I think you still have those goals. I do. But it's not like the, like if those goals, if those goals didn't happen, it's not like your life is a failure. Yeah. Um, but, I th- but back in the day, it sort of probably would have felt that way. 100%. But it's cool because as soon as God entered your life, you just... You had a perspective of like, God is so much more important than all these plans that I have, or all these goals that I have. Mm. Um, but He still, He still also gives you, um, like, He He's also so loving that He He wants your goals to align with His goals, mm-hmm. as long as you're willing for that. Yeah, as long as your the, the desires of your heart link with His, He'll mm. give you the desires of it. Of yeah. your heart, um, which is amazing, and yeah. I see it playing out. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to see wherever this leads, whether it is counseling, whether it is pastorship, whatever it is. Yeah, it's, um, I'm excited. I'll be there. Oh, of course, <laughs> I'll yeah, be there always, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So we uh, will be taking the the photo now, the Polaroid, and then we'll get into different topics. Um, so you can just grab it. We have different, if, if you haven't realized, we have new lighting today. So I don't think you need the flash. So I will turn it off. If you want it on, you can have it on. But nah, it should be right. All right. Um, so that should be off. And then you can lead me, guide me wherever you want me to go. Um, big red button? Big red button. All right. You have to be in it, at least. Well, obviously. <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> do, do, you want me, do you want me to stay here or? Uh, let's 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 just lean in. Lean in. Might want to make it further back. I don't think that's gonna. Is that good? I don't know. <laughs> we gotta touch heads. Touch heads. heads yeah. Right. One, two, three. Sweet. All right. All right. Um, back. Cool beans. Into the cupboard it goes. That's a that's a neat little camera you got there, partner. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you. All right, so um, you did tell me you have a uh, something that's been on your heart a little bit that you're not extremely like. Uh, it's been on your heart, but you're not. What's the word? <laughs> I haven't fully fully fleshed it out. Yeah, fully fleshed it. But I'm I'm excited I'm excited to talk about it. And um, look, we don't have all the answers. And we like on this podcast, you're gonna f- you're gonna find a lot of uh, figuring out and yeah. questioning and all that kind of stuff. But it's good, I think, uh, to even discuss and mm. open new discussions and whatnot. Hopefully, have new ideas and all that kind of stuff. Um, so. Mm. let's get into it <laughs> oh yeah for sure um if you want to explain the yeah yeah i think uh well first off 
this is Christian life. Uh, we never have everything completely understood or figured out. Yeah. It, our, literally, our life is learning more about God and learning how to walk um, this life that isn't natural to us. You know, we're, we're very earthly and, and fleshly people born yeah, in sin. For sure. And we're, we're trying to learn to live with a new spirit and a new life um, that isn't necessarily natural um, to us, though it's written in our hearts. But anyways, outside of that, I was reading um, in, what was it, Luke chapter 10. And yeah, yeah it's basically, you, you may be familiar with the story. Um, it's a very common story, even outside of Christian circles. It's about the Good Samaritan. And yeah, I was just reading that and I had to ask the Lord to kind of like refresh my mind because I don't know if anyone else struggles with this, but when you read a passage that you're very familiar with, it's very easy to just be like, oh, I know this. I, mm -hmm. I know what's going to happen. I've watched this movie or I've read this passage a thousand times. Yeah. Um, but to really ask God to like, no, like maybe not get something new, but have a better perspective or a new perspective on what is already there. Mm. Um, I think uh, like something that helped me, I think I've probably mentioned that a million times on this podcast or even to you, but I remember listening to a Francis Chan sermon and he, he just gave me a different perspective. It's just something so simple, but I give you a different perspective. It's like whenever you come in front of God, just literally just ask him to wipe away all your preconception, all your thoughts and, and show him, uh, allow him to show you what is correct and whenever you read you should be doing that because a lot of the times we do read with preconceived thoughts and like um yeah it's it's not very healthy because sometimes we are extremely wrong or like maybe we're even a little bit wrong but we need god to actually talk to us and even f like you'll see a lot in the bible where there's a, there's so many things you can take out from it but because you're so like because you have a, a thing on this passage, like a, a preconceived thought, you're always just going to take the same thing out. Mm -hmm. But that's that's why you have like me and you can read the same thing, but can get completely different things from it. And they'll both be right. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think it, it's good to have an open mind whenever you read. For sure. I reckon we'll read it. Yeah. Let me then, let me get mine out as well. What, what version are you using? I use ESV. Yes, sir. <laughs> It's a bit easier for me to understand. Yeah, I used to be I used to be KJV back at my old church back in America. Mm -hmm. I remember you came you came KJV. I was like, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that's I still I have the Bible and I still <laughs> use it. It's really good. Yeah, but uh, for me, it's it's, it's, it's hard same. to understand, but it's yeah. still good stuff. Uh, it is from Roman uh, from it's, <laughs> so I'm reading Romans now. Luke ten, verse twenty five to thirty seven. Yes, that's it. All right. I'll let the viewers get it up and then we can read it and then we can discuss it. Mm -hmm. You have it up? All right, let's just read it. <clears throat> and behold, a lawyer stood up to, to put him to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. But he desiring to justify himself and said, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among, <clears throat> he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. 
Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by He passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think provided it? proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers. He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to, uh, Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Man, bro. <laughs> Can I just say Jesus is so radical? Oh, like he sure. really is. For like sure, he is man. just like, just when you, you're like, oh yeah, that's good. That's real good. Oh man, I don't know. That's that's a little bit. That's that's the extra mile stuff. I don't know, man. Like, okay, yeah, you know, take care. You see somebody hurt. Obviously, you want to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take him. I even take him to the hospital. Ooh, pay them bills. <laughs> Ooh, man, like put the down payment on, mm. and then say I'll come back and finish it off. Finish the the, the rest of the payment. That's. That's that's rough. Or even it's like, oh, I'll pay me. You have to pay me back or something like that. Yeah, yeah. don't don't even worry about it. Yeah. I, I just, man, yeah, that's 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 yeah, wild. Um, I think what's really cool is if we just start first off, we got a guy who's a lawyer, you know, very smart, educated young man. We assume he's young. I don't know, but educated person. And then he says, "Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life?" And that's a good question. Like everyone wants to know, okay, how do I get eternal life? And then Jesus answers a question with a question because this Jesus. is how Jesus does things. <laughs> yeah. All right. Answer a question with a question. Um, and he says, um, what is it written in law? How do you read it? This is really important because Jesus answers a question and asks him to interpret what he thinks the law says. Mm-hmm. Just to check, you know, are you, you reading it right? you know because there there could like it's easy to answer the question but if you're interpreting god's word wrong then it's it's hard to see okay where where's where's the point where they're going wrong where they might be thinking that to get internal life i need to do something different mm-hmm. so checking them out theology right he's like okay what well, he's on right you got to love your god with all your heart soul mind strength um and then he says love your neighbor as yourself mm-hmm. and he's like all right cool Yes, you've answered correctly. Um, do this and you will live. Now, neighbor, uh, the lawyer here is like, okay, okay, I think I've been doing that. I think I'm doing pretty good. Um, but just to make sure, because, you know, I love my fellow Jews very well, you know, like they're my brothers. I love them very well. Mm-hmm. Just to be sure, okay, but who is my neighbor, God? Just to, you know, Jesus, who is my neighbor, <laughs> right? Like, just to make sure I'm doing the right thing or to make sure I'm justified that I am doing the right thing. Um, and, you know, Jesus answers a question with a parable and then a question. <laughs> and he says, a man is going down um, to Jerusalem, um, to Jericho, and he fell among robbers and um, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Um, this man got messed up. No normal walk from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's coming from Jerusalem. Very high chance that he's Jewish. Mm-hmm. 
um, gets beat up real bad, real bad, like half dead bad. Um, imagine being, you know, we're full alive now. Being half alive is it's pretty rough. It's usually how I live, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah, you. I don't know how you do it. You're, you're crazy, man. The, 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 the sleep you run on is insane. One of a kind. But no, he's getting beat up real bad. And he's really messed up, like hanging on for dear life. Mm. <clears throat> and what's interesting is two people that you would expect to be the people that would help. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, the person's position. Yeah. Priest. And but actually for both person who is a Levite, the priest and a Levite. Mm-hmm. So Levite, the priest is the position, you know, a man of God, not only Jewish, but a man like a high religious standard yeah. that should be living by the law that would be the one person to help. Mm-hmm. A Levite who may not have the position of priest, but um, isn't the Levites come from a priestly? Is it the Levites? I think so. Yeah, yeah they, they deal with stuff in the temple and stuff. So like mm-hmm. they're also up there status wise, people who should be having their lives checked because they're dealing with those very um, intentional and things. Also, obviously, a, a, a Jew. And a Jew. Around, yeah. yeah, but like, but these aren't just Jews. These are the Jews of Jews. Yeah, yeah. Like top tier Jews, Jewish people that yeah. are held to a very higher standard because of their, ethni- um, their ethnicity within the Jewish faith and yeah. their, their role. So people that you would expect to help you, right? Mm-hmm. But then they both pass by. And then here comes a Samaritan, someone that you would be the least to expect to help. Um, if you don't know the cultural context, which I still don't know completely, but I know the Samaritans and Jews did not get along. Yeah, I'm trying to find like some sort of notes or something. Yeah, but yeah they they <clears throat> it's been it's known that they are like they're just very not friendly to yeah, each other. They didn't get along. Um, there was um there was a split somewhere in the Old Testament right, okay. where um, a portion of Israel decided to um, intermarry with um, Gentiles in some way, shape, or form, and they kind of split off and did their own thing. And now the Jews, in a sense, kind of viewed them as lesser, almost um, sort of betrayers, maybe half half breed, I will say. I'm not cor- I may be incorrect, but there was a strong... Um, dislike and association to Samaritans mm. to the point where Jewish people would walk um, a significantly longer distance to walk around Samaria to get to places instead of walking through Samaria. Um, and because of this disdain that Jews have towards Samaritans, Samaritans kind of reciprocate that as well because like, oh, you don't like me. Well, you yeah. think you're better than everybody else. Well, I'm not going to like you. But here we see the least likely persons to have compassion on this fellow person who sees him as a human. Not just as a Jew, but as mm. a human. Well, it's it's um, just pretty much the, the Samaritans, the enemies of of the Israelites, yeah. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then as we we move on, this guy here, Samaritan. Yeah, he does the unthinkable. Yeah, <laughs> he does the unthinkable. Yeah, not even. Yeah, not just noticed him, but noticed him, and not only just helped him, mm. but bandaged him brought him to an inn, paid for his cost mm-hmm. and said, Hey, whatever he needs after that, take care of him for me. And whatever more is needed, required of him that costs more money, I'll come back and pay it. Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, that's, um, that's insane. Mm. And for me, it got me thinking, okay, well, who is my neighbor? 
that I need to be this to? Mm. Um, who are the people that in society that I may overlook um, because it may be awkward or it's easier to just, you know, walk past. I think about, um, yeah, people that are, that are homeless, people that have had really hard times in life, some self-inflicted and others just circumstantial, mm -hmm. um, regardless of the, the cause to, to overlook and, and walk past, um, we are the priests and the Levites in that scenario as Christians who have the love of God in us. Mm. Um, as a Christian, I have that love of God in me that should be able to see humans as people being created in the image of God and not just the product of their choices and circumstances. Um, mm. It's interesting because, like, I mean, <clears throat> the man asks, who is my neighbor? Jesus Jesus sort of like he, like you said, he's radical. He is. He not only just said your neighbor because to an Israelite the neighbors are just probably the people around him or mm -hmm. like, but neighbor it, it's sort of he's like it is. He sort of brought his enemy into it. <laughs> he's mm -hmm. like, well, this Samaritan man uh, saw this Israelite and was. A neighbor to him it was exactly what we needed to be like what he needed to do was exactly what christ would have done um what we need to do and it, it's interesting because it, it's not just his neighbor but it's also his enemy in, in quotations if you're listening on, <laughs> on audio mm -hmm. um and it's so cool this this has been on my heart recently as well so that's so it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's so funny it's a cool thing to, yeah. to go over we haven't yeah. talked about this before this yeah. podcast like just <laughs> literally like 10 minutes ago we're yeah. just like what do you want to talk about yeah <laughs> um and compassion has been on on my heart but also sort of the negative side of things is selfishness of of us as christians um but before i even start speaking what are your like thoughts and stuff that you would want to go through with this? Um, it's easy to point the finger and tell other people that they need to do certain things mm. and not look at myself. Mm. And I think the first area is looking at myself is like, do I shut down that compassion? I, was, I started thinking about the least likely of people that, that I would want to show love for, mm. you know, or... I wouldn't say that I don't love them, but in my actions would say something different, um, just being indifferent to their needs. Yeah. Um, I think about the homeless, um, especially in the city, because there can be a lot. Mm. It's hard to care for a lot of different people. It's exhausting. And it, you, you just don't have a big enough heart sometimes to, mm. to deal with all that brokenness and, and care. Um, I remember. Um, I remember because last year, at the beginning of last year, we we went on a little trip. We did. <laughs> that was that was a massive blessing, brother. When I <laughs> when I tell you, when I was thinking about this earlier today, when I was reading this, and I was thinking about people, and I thought back to the time of how like a bit awkward, not necessarily easy, but brother, the blessing. Mm that was involved in that of just having the conversations mm. you know 
So just just for context, so yeah. People, um, earlier last year, literally probably like January, February time. Yeah. Um, it will have to be January because you were you're down. Mm-hmm. So January time. Um, me and me, Darian, and, and a couple of others, we went to the city. It, it was something that God put on my heart just to build, like, because I was working in the city back then. I always walked past these people. Um, it's just to build like little packages, like hampers of groceries, and put like a, a gospel sort of message in the in the hampers. But also have conversation with them. So Darren was with me at this time. I'm like Darren, let's go. Took some others. I invited others, and and only a couple came. Um, and yeah, so we did it. We we just walked around town hall area. Yeah. And we found whoever we gave them the groceries. We had good conversations. Um, it's, it is what something like you said before is like, we can plant seed, we can water, but God has to do the rest. And Mm -hmm. that's what I felt like we were doing something that, that I realized about you on that day was like, we, we did, I don't know how many, let's say we did 10 bags or whatever it was. Um, your heart was still like, still broken for the other people that we missed out on because we didn't have the bags or whatever. (laughs) <laughs> and you know what's so funny talking about this? I, was, I just remembered this. We were concerned that we weren't going to find anybody because it was so hot. We mm. were like, oh, man, we're not going to be able to find people because normally when it gets hot, most of the people who don't have places to go kind of stay where they're at and, and kind of stay in places cool so they're not going to be on the street. And we, we ran out of bags. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, like to to begin with, we didn't find that, find many people. Yeah. And then we just like kept looking. Yeah. I think we prayed together. We're literally like. No, we did pray. Yeah, we prayed. <laughs> literally, literally like right outside of, I don't know if you guys know Town Hall, but literally just outside the Woolworths, I think uh, there was four of us and we all just prayed together there. Was it? Did we pray there? I think it was either there or in the office where we had stored the stuff. Okay. Maybe. Because I know as soon as we walked out, there was a person right next. Okay, maybe it was that. Right next to that Woolworths that was right there. I know we they were not a lot of time in the, the Woolworths area. They, <laughs> weren't, they were not there before we prayed. Mm. And we prayed and we saw them. Yeah. Like immediately. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. We walked past it. Nobody was there. Because yeah. like, we, 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 we went to the city, took the subway. And we're looking around, like we're not seeing people. Mm. So we prayed. And then as soon as we came out of the building that we were in, there were people. It was, bro, it was insane. Everything, everything worked out. Like even, we won't mention who, because I don't know if they want to be mentioned, but yeah. even our friend worked in a place and, and their office allowed us to put, because yeah. we had like, we had like three massive bags full of groceries. A lot of stuff. Like we can't carry this around <laughs> all. So her, her office was like, allowed us to, um, put all the bags in and stuff, which was such a blessing. So cool. Um, yeah, we prayed and we did all that stuff. And then we go out, we see all these people and it is a blessing. And it, mm-hmm. we have no idea how they are now. We don't know what their life is. Some some people you can tell it's sort of self-inflicted with drug abuse and whatnot. Yeah. Some is like we had conversations and it was just after COVID, it was very like yeah. tough for them. Mm-hmm. Circumstances led to another thing and they just forced into a situation of tragedy yeah um and yeah god blessed us uh, with the ability to help these people just to sort of shed light on their day or whatever it was yeah i think the biggest thing for me because i feel like a lot of times man i feel like 
we think that they 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 are asking for things and some and they do need things. Mm. But when you just think about how many people walk past them every single day and don't even acknowledge their existence. And I think the biggest like it was a joy to be able to give them stuff. Like that yeah. was that was nice. Um but I think one of the bigger joys was the conversations mm-hmm. I was able to have with them. Mm-hmm. To the to, to see them and let them know that they're they're still people. Yeah. And to be able just to hear their stories, hear their life, and and to be able to, hey, can I can I pray for you? And some say no, which is okay. But just to know, like, hey, like this is why we're them. to be able to tell them this is why we're doing this. We don't want anything in return. You know, we're not trying to force you in anything. You yeah. can, but we want you to know that God loves you. He cares about you. And we're here because we want to show God's love to you mm. and and let you know that he sees you and cares about you. Yeah. And to be able to pray for them whenever they whenever they need prayed for. Um, yeah, and I think the conversations was the most impactful thing. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I was thinking about. It was like, how many times do I feel that I'm too busy in my day to stop and talk to somebody that is homeless? Or at least mm. just to hear them, to acknowledge their existence. But no, I just keep pushing on because I get mm. somewhere I need to be or whatever thing that could have been inconvenient. And I think a lot of the yeah. times we, we we make excuses of like, I'm going to say something. And I, I don't really agree fully with it, but yeah. A lot of times we we see like someone that's begging for money or, or someone that's homeless and we're just like, I'm not going to give you money because like, boy, I don't know what you're going to do with that money. And that's that's the mindset I, I have mm-hmm. usually. But sometimes we use that as an excuse as well. Yeah. Because like there's I'm going to I'm going to bring two sides. I think you know already where I stand, but I'm going to bring both sides to it. It's it's the point of, oh, we don't know what they're going to do to like with the money they might spend on drugs alcohol whatever cigarettes things that they don't need but like yeah not uh, things that won't sustain them yeah they're just gonna waste the money or there's the other side this is just the easy example by the way or there's the other side of i'm doing my part mm-hmm. it's on them to to do the rest yeah it's it's a tough one and it it's a tough one to to sort of deal with yeah but there's, there has to be a balance, in my opinion, because being on the side of which I I am, I'm not going to give them money because you still have to, like, it's not an excuse to not ask them if they want food or water or, mm-hmm. or actually buy them something. But a lot of times I think that is an excuse to not stop and, and be like, hey, whatever, mm-hmm. like, what do you need apart from money? Because uh, all these other reasons, what do you need? I think... A lot, often we use it as an excuse and if they don't want food or, or water then that's on them then you sort of can see their intentions with it um, on the other hand it is a bit shaky because are you sort of uh, funding their yeah their sin and, and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so I think there needs to be a balance I think a lot of times we do use excuses of oh I'm not going to give them money so we just sort of walk past because it's it's going to take a bit more effort. We're going to take a bit more time. So how are we going to do that? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it shouldn't be like, I think it's a sin of omission. You're, you're not doing. Um, you're omitting from doing something. 
you're, you're, no, you're, you're not doing what you know is right. Yeah. Okay? You're just admitting something mm. that's wrong, really. I think that's how it makes sense. I think admitting from doing what's right. Because permit is to prevent, but omit is... It's it's commit and omit. Commit. Commit so, is to so actually do something. And then omit is to abstain from doing something. Yeah, so the, the abstain from yeah. doing something what is right. Yeah. Isn't that what I said? Uh, yeah, sort of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, hear, I hear what you're saying, bro. And sometimes it, even on the flip side of giving money, it can be easier just to drop money in and keep it pushing instead mm -hmm. of... Um, trying to talk with that person yeah either or regardless of whatever you do like it's going to take time but i think the blessing that comes through just disconnecting with them as mm. a person and it, it widens your heart um for those that are in need and that yeah. are struggling um yeah it's yeah this is something that i've been thinking that i've been thinking about since i've read this passage and it's it's challenging because it's what Jesus expects is for us to be radical like that. But our society always tells us to tone it down because it's not sustainable. Mm. And there's a level of self-preservation that's in that. Mm. Um, and it's good to preserve yourself, but it's also like it can be dangerous. Mm. And it stops you from doing what you need oh, to do. Absolutely. I remember, um, so one of the words in there that you, you said to me before, and it's in the, the passage, it's compassion. He had compassion over the man, and in in Mongolia there was a there was a time where I wanted to do something because I I, I saw something that was a bit broken, like it made my heart break, and I was like, "Can we go visit an orphanage?" sort of thing, and we didn't have the time or resources or facilities or whatever it is to to do so, and I, I had a chat with mine and afterwards, well he had a chat with me I guess, um, <clears throat> and he's like, "Jonah, look." you you're very compassionate you have a gift of compassion and it's such a good thing but sometimes it it can break you <laughs> as in like sometimes there's not much you can do to help i don't I, like maybe it's just my mindset i don't like to believe that <laughs> mm -hmm. like uh, if i see something that is is hurting i know there is there are things that are way out of my control that i can't really fix but i think no matter how big this situation is, I can help in a way. I'm not. This isn't me being a salvation sort or having a salvation complex, but mm -hmm. it's it's me actually wanting to do something to help a, a scenario. And a lot of the times we are either scared, but we're scared, or we're we're busy, or we're lazy, or it's too much of like it was like it's like oh that's. Like I can't even do anything about that. It's out of my control sort of thing, which sometimes it is. Mm -hmm. But most of the times there is even a little bit that we can do. Or the most we can do is even a little bit. But yeah. that little bit is very effective in its own way. Mm -hmm. um, and it's honestly, it's not easy. Like it's so difficult. Yeah, having Having compassion for everyone is very difficult because you're, the, you're only one person. There's not like you only have so much to give right yeah but that's why i think everyone should, should be on like as a church like one of my favorite uh stories in the bible is from acts 2 i think it is mm -hmm. and it's just it's i think it's just one verse it's like I know what you're talking about. <laughs> they, they sold their possessions and they gave is that what you, and they gave yeah, they yeah. gave 
everything. And I'm just like, that is mind boggling. It's radical. Yeah, it's yeah, radical. Bro. That's right. And I'm like, imagine, I'm not trying to downplay the church and whatever, but like that for me, that's the pinnacle of, of a selflessness and not individual selflessness, but individuals together. And it makes a massive difference. You won't see homeless people around if everyone sold their possessions because everyone will keep selling their possessions for the people that need it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I sold all my possessions and I gave it to you, I would have nothing. And then you would do the same to me. So it's just like, <laughs> a, it's like a, a cycle sort of thing where we, we all have exactly what we need. We are, we are sustained by each other. Mm -hmm. um, and again, my favorite chapter in the Bible is Philippians 2. And it talks about humility. It talks about sacrifice. It talks about my favorite verse. Mm. <laughs> it's got my favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> favorite story, favorite chapter, favorite yeah. verse. <laughs> it's um, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but count others more significant than yourselves. Mm -hmm. That verse is radical. Yeah. <laughs> count others more significant than yourselves. Mm -hmm. But that's not like, that's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> like in the, in the world's view, you're just like, I'm not doing that. Like you have to, you can so, sure care about others, but even the people that you care about, you got to pick and choose like your family, shores, a few friends, take care of them, whatever. But it's always like, you have to think about yourself more than everyone else. The Bible is so different. Mm. The Bible is correct. Yeah. <laughs> you have to sacrifice everything you have and own for the benefit of others. So you can see others actually thrive. And, and I should be able to sacrifice everything I have for you. I don't think I have reached the point of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I hope one day that that I will. And uh, sorry, we're going on a bit of a tangent. But even... No. The other, day, the other day we had a conversation about um, Romans 10, mm -hmm. no, Romans 9. Yeah, Romans 9. Romans 9, yeah. And it was um, where Paul says, I will sacrifice, uh, I will give up my um, salvation to, if, if that means you guys become saved. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's not a reality. Like, that's not a thing that can happen. But to reach that level of love for others and selflessness for others, but I can just only just just strive yeah. to get there because that's crazy. It is like it's radical. Yeah, and that, yeah, it's radical. That's right, man. It's yeah, it's 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 crazy. I, I agree with you. Um, a lot of times I used to, uh, I think not not until recently, maybe this past year, I've opened myself up to feel the brokenness of this world. Um, it's very easy to see something terrible happen and be like, oh, well, and just keep it pushing and push it out and block it out. Mm. But I think it's good um, for us to really sit sometimes and, and feel the brokenness of this world. Mm. Sometimes it'll hit you out of nowhere because you can't avoid it. And there's something that will happen to someone you know or something close to you mm. and you can't run from it. You can't turn off your phone. You can't keep scrolling past that post. You know, it's yeah. there and it breaks you. But I think it's a, it's healthy um, to allow our times, ourselves at times to, to, to be broken, but don't stay there. Because mm. uh, it wakes you up to reality of this world that we live in, that there are people in pain, people are hurting. Mm. Okay, now what are we going to do about that? That's 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 the, the thing. Because yeah. I think when people are broken, it just causes like a, a cycle of like of just hurt and, and it, it gives like, oh, why are people not doing anything? Or like, yeah. why is this happening? Yeah. But that 
the way you just said is, what am I going to do about it? Mm -hmm. That's something I, I sort of live by. Yeah. But what am I going to do about it? Because every, sorry. I'm, I'm, no, you're good. Every scenario that I, I'm in, and this is, I, I thank God that I have this mindset, even though it's very tough. Mm -hmm. Whenever I see a, something like a situation that isn't very good, yeah, I always think like, what am I going to do about it? What, mm -hmm. what can I do about it? Sometimes there's not much I can do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there is a lot that I can do. Sometimes God will use me to sort of r resolve the the situation. Sometimes I don't have a big part to play. Um, and that is is probably the biggest thing I think that we lack <clears throat> as a church, as a society. What am I going to do about it? Mm -hmm. We can complain. We can see all these issues. What am I going to do about it? So, yeah. Um I've, 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 I went through this spiral. I went to the Philippines recently in November, um, for a conference, which was beautiful, um, to see so many different missionaries from so many different places mm. doing ministry in different ways, but the heartbeat of reaching youth and teens for the gospel is the same. It was beautiful, but it was the first time I left a Western country and went to a developing nation. And saw poverty, like real hand poverty. Like I've seen poverty in the United States. I've been yeah. to Detroit. I've seen really rough areas. But yeah, this was that that was just an area. But to have a whole country like that, and the majority of the country like that was it was very, very difficult. Mm. Um it was heartbreaking. I'm gonna be honest, it was. It was um yeah, to see kids begging is hard. And my initial thought is like, okay, how do we fix this? Like, that's my, you know, how do we fix this? Mm. And he's like, oh, well, if people worked, then they would be able to support themselves. There's no work. Okay, how do you fix that? Well, maybe if we do something to provide more jobs, well, the government's corrupt. You can't revamp the whole government. Yeah. And then it, you just gets to a place and like, what can I do? Yeah. What is there to do? Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, it almost feels hopeless. Like, what can I do? Mm -hmm. But then you remember, like, you look at all this work and it's, it's like you can't fix things the way you want to fix them. But then I think about the work that's being done um, there with Word of Life and other ministries. It's mm -hmm. like you can't fix everything, but you can do something. That's right. And different things that they're doing on the Word of Life property is what, like running camps, having a Bible Institute, reaching out to mm -hmm. the school, sharing the gospel, helping out in the communities, allowing people that live near the campus to come onto the campus, harvest coconuts from the trees that are there <laughs> and allow them to use that to sell so they can make some money or like hiring people from the community to, to become like maintenance men and janitors and stuff and helping in there while they're also being managed, like giving the opportunities to work and, and make a good living mm. as well as, you know, showing the love of Christ and preaching the gospel to them, sharing the gospel with them in different ways and different capacities. Like, is that going to fix the entire government of that country? No. Mm. Yeah. Will it fix an entire area? Probably not. But will it fix individual lives? Does it Absolutely. does it have the potential to, to change individual lives? Mm. And it's like, yeah. And what you were saying is that you get to a point where you, you see the brokenness and it can be overwhelming. And then you start thinking of solutions, but you think, oh, I can't fix all can't of this. It, yeah. and, that's, and that's true. You may not be able to fix all mm. of it. You may not be able to build the whole house. But you can lay a brick. Like, you can lay a brick. Like, yeah, the desire is to fix and complete the whole house, the whole building. Mm. But in reality, you may not be able 
And honestly, there's a point where you're like, okay, then what's the point of I can't fix the whole house or build the whole house, but you can lay a brick and someone else may come along and finish it. And maybe the act of you laying the brick can be the motivation that someone sees and needs to come, to continue to come and do Mm -hmm. more work. And And then you have just like a bunch of bricklayers. Yeah. A bunch (laughs) of bricklayers. What was crazy is like, we, we can, we, we want to fix the the physical needs. Mm. Um, we may not be able to completely fix everyone's physical needs, mm. but we can give them something that's way more important, which is the gospel. Absolutely. And I'm not saying we just overlook physical needs and it's like, all right, you need to hear Jesus and then be warmed and filled. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm. like in James, James talks about, it's like, oh, I'll pray for you. And you see a brother who's <laughs> naked, not a coat and hungry mm. and destitute. And you're like, dang, bro, that's tough, man. But hey, I'll remember you in our prayer group. <laughs> all right. I'll remember you in our prayer group. I'll yeah. pray for you. And you have the ability to, you know, you got three, you know, different jackets in your backseat of your car. And you see this person freezing. Mm. You know, I'll pray for you, homie. I'll pray for you. That's tough. Like, yeah. no. Yeah. So, and on the, on the other side of things, when Jesus did heal someone, when Jesus physically healed people, mm-hmm. the f- before he even healed them, he said, uh, you, your sins are forgiven. That is the priority. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's yeah. bring them to Christ and understand that like Christ is the everything they need, mm-hmm. but also help them physically. Like that's yeah. <laughs> sort the, of a given. Yeah. The, the physical needs have always been a way of confirming the spiritual needs mm. and the spiritual work that Jesus has done. Um, it, it kind of, it bolsters the message even more. Mm. The message is powerful, but for those who don't really understand the message or see the, the spiritual power in it, that, that works proves the message mm. in a sense just like how james says you know i'll show you you can show me your faith without works i'll show you my faith with works like my works are the confirming of what is spiritually happened yeah. and kind of gives proof it's the fruit in the essence of Absolutely. what the tree already yeah. is so i want to just like we've been talking about sort of big scenarios of poverty and like things in the world that are massive and i'm yeah. sure if you're listening the whole war has come to mind and how can I help with that? And these are big, big scenarios and I'm sure you can play a part, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Firstly, people have different sort of hearts for different things. Yeah. Um, Darren might have a heart for certain people. I might have a heart for different people. Uh, I wouldn't push you like, as long as you're actually doing something yeah. with those people, I wouldn't push you to be like, bro, look at all these people that mm-hmm. like, why aren't you helping these people when your hands are filled with other people? You know what I mean? Um, secondly, I want to sort of narrow it, like make it because we're talking very broadly. I want to yeah. make it like sort of make it easier for people. Um, Cause these are big scenarios that are very daunting or very scary, but even like something that that I struggle with is in let's say in a church, there are some issues or there are some things that maybe not even issues. Maybe there's stuff that you've personally fight with or I personally fight with. Or um, let's say you didn't re- you didn't go to church one week <clears throat> and no one reached out to me, no one asked me where I was, and you sort of feel hurt by that. Mm-hmm. Like sure, I'd. I don't necessarily agree that you should feel hurt by that, but it's on the individual. Yeah. Some people feel. Yeah. Some people do. Um, To be honest, when I was sick, I was 
I wasn't hurt by it, but I was sort of intrigued with that idea of like, oh, not many people have reached out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't hurt by it at all. But I actually got to the point of like, oh, why am I not reaching out to people? Yeah. We spoke about that. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, you feel like people aren't reaching. You, you look at everyone and see who's who's not there. Remember the feeling that you had of not being reached out to, how it made you feel, how you sort of felt like not wanted or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Why don't you be the solution for other people? Why don't you be that thing that you were missing for other people? Be what what are you going to do about it yeah like see these are these are small things that we don't really understand we don't realize but we can make a massive difference mm-hmm. i remember i'm not going to say her name but when i was sick uh, there was this one person that was just even when i'm not sick and i'd miss a week or whatever it's usually because i'm sick <laughs> but even during the six weeks i wasn't sick uh, i was sick and even when i miss a sunday or whatever it is this is one person always just checks up on me mm-hmm. And if she didn't, it, it wouldn't really like make too much of a difference. But when she does, it does make a difference. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like, I feel loved. I feel wanted. And I, and it is, it's a blessing. Mm-hmm. So how can you be a blessing in these scenarios? It doesn't have to be at church. It can be at work. What, you have a complaint about work. What is, what is the solution? How can I be involved in that solution? You have a problem with, uh, the fellowship at church what is the solution how can i be part of that solution who can i talk to what can i do there's a lot that we can do that we don't do maybe because we're lazy maybe because we're just i don't know mm-hmm. we're overwhelmed whatever it is but in every situation that you're in if it's your family church if it's the big situations with uh poverty or world peace or whatever it is mm-hmm. what are you going to do about it yeah and that's i think all of us should be asking ourselves and maybe it's, it gets a bit overwhelming but it bring it back to the good samaritan the good samaritan didn't sit there and be like oh no he, he might like there's so many complications maybe someone will see me and attack me maybe um maybe it's going to be super expensive i don't have the money for it maybe it's uh i also have like Maybe as a family, I also need to take care of. He didn't think about that. He saw a problem. He he realized what he needed to do. He did it. He sacrificed his time. He sacrificed his money. He sacrificed whatever else. Mm-hmm. And he did it. Yeah, I think we need to have that mentality. And that's Jesus' mentality was always sacrifice. I mean, obviously, because he, he did the biggest sacrifice ever. Mm-hmm. His sacrifice put others above himself. And love others more than you love yourself yeah so yeah no yeah that's that's good <laughs> yeah. be the answer to be the solution to the problem mm. uh just to kind of sum it up but at least try to <laughs> yeah um it's very easy to see an issue and complain about something that is not right mm. and not really provide solutions or even try to attempt to be the solution mm. um so yeah but it's it's yeah yeah for sure i mm. think it'll be hard obviously it'll be hard but go for it mm. um, uh to be honest i could talk about this for a very long time because yeah. uh, this has been like i said this has been something on my heart um and i i think we should sort of wrap up here it's been gone for two hours already oh wow <laughs> my mom was right my mom's like you guys gotta go forever i like i'm telling you when i say like i can talk about this 
for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I'm not joking. Um, unless there's anything you want to say, we can wrap up. We'll get the photo so you can. Yeah. Um. Ooh, well, it's dark, boy. Wow, that is not good. Boy, I'm darker than dark, boy. Uh, it's also blurry. I look like. Ooh. I look so white. I can't even complain. I'm the one who took the picture, too. <laughs> Dang. Like a shadow ghost. <laughs> oh, man. I look like an entity. <laughs> Ooh, nothing but, you know, the memes when, you know, the black dude is in the dark and he smiles. <laughs> Y'all can't see it, but this is what it that's what it looks no, like. So we'll get you to sign it and then I'll show I'll show them. <laughs> that's so funny. Um well, while you sign it, I guess do you have anything else to to say maybe on this or something else that you, you want to talk about, whatever. <laughs> um Yeah, try to be the solution to a problem if you can. And mm. also remember that church isn't about you. Mm. Um, first and foremost, it's about worshiping the Lord mm. and also others. And then you come in third in that. I love it. Um, if you have the mindset that church is about others um, who who may need you, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's something I learned in Bible college, actually. Mm -hmm. I didn't tell about that story. But um, yeah, long story short, I was assigned to a church that was a very difficult church to be at for me personally. Mm. Um, there wasn't a lot for me to do. Um, and I didn't feel like I was getting a lot out of that church. Um, but I had to go to that church twice a week. And I wasn't the only person who felt like that. And everybody on my my ministry team that was I was a part of, I was leading, felt the same way. Mm. Um, but <clears throat> I learned that it was not about me wasn't about what I can get out of it. It was about me showing up and bringing hope to people who didn't have hope. Mm. Um, it was about worshiping God, even though I may not have liked the music. <laughs> it wasn't my style of music. Mm -hmm. um, but the words brought glory to him, and I was going to sing them with a heart that was willing to praise him. Um, but yeah, man, sometimes you got to remember, man, church is, church is not about you all the time. We can always we can have this attitude of coming to church and what is the church have for me? Do I like what what can it provide for me when we come on a Sunday? And there's sometimes where you need that. Like there there are instances like God, I I need yeah, for sure. your word. I, I got beat up this week, mm. man. I got beat up hard. Stuff is just not going mm -hmm. right and it's rough. I I need it. Well, that's 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 when other people with the same mindset should be there for you. Exactly. It, it, like. I always say this, but the if everyone else cared for each other, yeah, then you wouldn't have to care for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, I'm not care for yourself, but I know what you, mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, someone else is watching you back. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 Darren's fulfilling my needs. I need I'll fulfill his needs. Like whatever it is. Like mm -hmm. yeah. So it's, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying we're not saying this as if we've number oh. one arrived. Or number two, like, oh, Boris is easy. Like, no, just a tiny shoe. Just do it. Let's, just come on, man. It's not that hard. All these things that we've talked about, about opening ourselves up um, to feel the hurt of the world, um, getting past that point of realizing that we can't build a house, but we can lay a brick and being the person to start laying bricks um, is mm -hmm. not easy. All of this is hard. All the things that Christ has called us to are difficult. 
loving those that we want to not love and look past because it's easier. Like, bro, that junk is not easy. And we're <laughs> yeah. not speaking from a place of where Absolutely we think not. it's easy. We're, we're speaking from a place where we notice that we need to change. Mm-hmm. And we have a desire. We want to change yeah. that. And we're going to try to make steps towards that. Mm. Um, but yeah, 100%. It's not easy getting out of that mindset that church is about you. It's yeah. about others. It's yeah, hard, for sure. hard caring for other people. <laughs> it's very hard. It, it's, it's, it's Especially... Difficult. Like people will let you down. Oh, 100%. So, so sort of trying to live for them is impossible. Not Care- impossible. Sorry. No. It feels impossible. It does. <laughs> um, care, it's love without expectation of anything in return, mm. which is what Jesus has done for us. Yeah. Amen. Sign that piece of thingy. Sign it. Yes. And then we'll show the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can wrap up. Yeah. Uh, as we wrap up, I will say... There's something Darian said is God first, others second, us third, which is is very difficult, very, very difficult to have others above ourselves. Very difficult. Um, well, I will, I'll start outroing now as you sign it. Are you trying to get inspiration? I don't know the right. <laughs> I'm terrible at writing. Um, I got to figure out like, what's the best way to take these photos? Um, thank you for coming on Darian. It was privilege i'm so i'm sure i'm so i'm sure we will have you on again uh, we can even record another one this week if you if yeah. like um before you leave uh and if you are watching this is the first episode of the the new year um uh, my goal is to have 52 episodes for the year one each week uh i think that works out with maths and yeah we'll see how we go thank you for watching I'm still just waiting for Darren. I'll show you guys the, the photo. If you want to talk to the the people as I show them the photo. Yeah. Um. If you if you're here, you probably already know this. Um. But if you're new and you happen to watch this for the first time, don't forget to um. Uh. If it's on YouTube, like um. Subscribe as well on YouTube. Don't forget to hit the um post notifications. I already told you it's every Monday, but don't forget to hit that bell icon as well as Spotify. Follow. Follow us on Spotify. We'll follow Jonah on Spotify. He's always turning out some really good content. Uh, and don't forget about us on Apple Podcast as well. And um, shout out, uh, what's his name? Josh Grand. Oh, Joshua, uh, Joshua Duran. Duran. <laughs> Let me, hold on. I'm bad at spelling, so I'm going to look it up on Spotify <laughs> and give his music a listen. I assume it's Joshua D-U-R-R-A-N. D D O R A N. Let me see for oh, sure. Darren, okay. Yeah, because I'm I'm bad, but you know I'll chuck his link on the. Actually, maybe I don't know if I remember. I'll chuck his link in the yeah. description. I think maybe I won't remember. Yeah, I'll Joshua. Try. So he actually just dropped a new single recently, uh, as of December eighth. So don't you, don't you, is that the person you have a song with? That is the person <laughs> I have a song with. Um, if you can find the song and show it to me, I'll give you a high five or a hug or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, definitely. And also, yeah, shout out to Noah and Mika. And yeah, y'all, hope you have a, a wonderful, blessed day. Yes. And peace. Peace.